Hey, 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 welcome back to the Vault of Cult with your host Chris and Mark. You alright? Monfrey. Yeah. Monfrey um, Extraordinaire. Yeah, obviously. Yeah. Obviously. Homo life mate. Yeah. <laughs> Just been out there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, well, you're doing all right. Um, yeah, we're good, good guys. Hope you're good. Yeah. You're good to be back. I know it's been a few weeks since the last show. Yeah, exactly. Although we did leave you with a with a length and girth. Yeah. Length and girth. We thought last time. We, we'll need a breather. Here. Yeah, we'll we'll treat you to it. That was an epic show. It was an epic show. So, but we're back to normal. So this will be your usual usual packed thoughts yes. about a particular film. Yeah. So, Talking about that, Mark. What is this episode about? Well, this week's episode will be about the 1988 I, th I think very much a cult film nowadays it has a following obviously that's has why we're a doing following, it uh, Beetlejuice 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 three times three times it's coming it now it's hey, coming now come in okay. um, so yeah yeah Join us, join us for his thoughts, and as always, you can always get us on all of the social media. Socials are on uh, yeah. at the Vault of Cult Instagram and the Vault of Cult Gmail.com, you know. Or you can leave a comment as people have been leaving comments on Spotify. You can Absolutely. rate us again, yeah. guys, you know what I mean? Like us, rate us, share us. Yeah, and what do you think of this film? What do you think about any of the films? Any of the films that we do. Yeah. We know we yeah. like it. Oh, and we want to welcome our new listeners from the other side of the world. Yeah, from Malaysia. Malaysia. Nice to have you with nice us from Kuala Lumpur. Kuala Lumpur. Kuala Lumpur. Yeah. Lumpur. So we hope you enjoy our yeah. new listeners. Do you know Kuala Lumpur? Like I used to think that were a made-up place that by Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. That is it mentioned in it? Yeah. Is it? Where the Uncle Lumpur from in that? In is the, it? In Roldar's book. We yeah. know all Malaysians are not small. No, we know we people. know that. Don't cancel us. Uh, I'm don't. not saying I'm not saying I think that. I'm simply saying that's what. I that's think. in a film that yeah. was made before anyone was born. Yeah. Well, I was not far behind. Yeah. Because I'm that old. But yes. So yeah, get in touch, guys, and we hope you enjoy the show. And uh, like we say, this one's about Beetlejuice. Um, we know it's a popular film. That's why we're picking it. Mm -hmm. So uh, yeah, let's get on with it. Let's go. So Mark, Beetlejuice from 1988. Yes, um, yeah, uh, Beetlejuice uh, released on the 30th of March, 1988. Okay, not a summer film. Not a summer film. Well, it was a summer film here. Was it? August when did it 1988. Was it? August 1998. Mate, uh, we've gotten used nowadays again, and we've said this many times of a worldwide release. Yeah, Such yeah, was yeah, not yeah. the case no, in the well, 80s. No, yeah, you know. Um, the... the even in its original run, the last place it was released, I think I remember reading, was Argentina, and that was it. That was in nineteen eighty nine, so it was. A All year right, yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, okay. it's it's very difficult to um, discern these things. So I've just gone with the American domestic release, which is the thirtieth of March. What about its financials? It, I've got. I'll get to the financials in a minute. Its runtime is an hour and thirty-two minutes. An hour, an hour and a half. There we go. An hour, an hour and a half. Yeah. Just a, just over an hour and a half. Um, which, like we've said before, they don't make them anymore. They simply don't make a film like this. They, you could. This is the sort of film which is made to be just be watched in an evening. Everyone's everyone's home from work or whatever it is. And you can watch it in an evening and then you've still got time to do your ablutions, do your <laughs> yeah. and you know what I mean? And that that is a sad loss to cinema that they haven't got them. And I know we've said it many times. You know, but guys, you know. It's produced by the Geffen Company and uh, distributed by Warner Brothers. Yes. Geffen, of course, being... David Geffen's Geffen, company. Yeah, the, the, the G in DreamWorks SKG. Yes. Yeah. Um... So yeah, uh, what about its financials? It was made on a budget of fifteen million, so very modest, reasonable. Yeah, very modest, modest budget, at the time. Very modest budget, really, and uh, it made worldwide seventy four point seven million. So profitable. Very profitable. Very big hit. But here's where it get gets interesting. Only two hundred ninety nine thousand US dollars was internationally. That is its domestic. Uh, figure for its run two hundred two hundred and ninety nine thousand didn't even hit a million because of how it was released. It was released 
all over the place. And that used to be the regional, yeah. They used to in America. This the the release so with films no regional with, yeah, with no figures, with no real figures wow, for okay. internationally. Okay. Well, there will there will be, but get that. That is financial accounting that, that I think lies beyond the scope of this podcast. In other words, that's too much that I can be reasonably asked to look into. Yeah. You know what I mean? I can't be asked. Yeah, we do that. enough research, we do guys. Enough. We do like, enough. <laughs> do you know what I mean? So for its initial run... We do more than most shows. Yeah, um, and I think a big chunk of, chunk of that 299,000 uh, is mostly in the UK. It was a modest, it was a modest success in the UK. Yeah. Um, as well, but I just thought that was very interesting. It's, it's it what it has been a hit worldwide, but I don't think that's particularly reflected in the numbers mm. here. Do you know what I mean? But because like you say we're only we're working on scraps. Yeah, we're working on scrap. Like I say, in South America, it's a over a year later. Yeah, yeah. Over a year like they're not counting that. That's yeah, part yeah. of another financial year. Yeah, is yeah. that like oh, getting so, technical financial? Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. So yeah, that's its financial. So but but even just with those domestic numbers, that's a that's a pretty big hit for Warner Brothers really and well the Geffen Company did. Yeah, only. yeah, yeah. Well, again, the, the Geffen Company um, primarily um, it's a it was a David Geffen a record. Yeah, it was a record company. label. Yeah, 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 bit, yeah. Um, uh, Nirvana was signed, just for example. Mm. Yeah, but yeah, a lot of big stars. Yeah, were on uh, David Geffen's record label. So. Okay. Yeah, I I would say very big hit. Big hit. Very yeah, big yeah, yeah. Hit. When anything makes four times its budget. Yeah, exactly. Do you know what I mean? Bang, we're laughing here. Although nowadays, if a film only I think made seventy four million, I think the, the money this film made <coughs> enabled Warner Brothers to. I think what he did was right. I'm, I want to do Batman now, and he went okay. Yeah. Well, that's that's wonderfully segued into who directed it, Christine. Directed by a. A uh, gentleman that we've all heard of and we're all aware of, uh, Tim Burton. Who's that then? <laughs> <laughs> Tim, he directed Batman '89, um, Edward Scissorhands, Batman Returns. Uh, his first film before they did film um, P, a, a film starring Pee-wee. yeah Pee Wee Herman. Can't stand Paul Pee-wee. Rubin. Dead it. Can't say, yeah. Yeah, he is, he that is, is a very American creep. It's quite creeper. Yeah, um, I remember. <laughs> an, auntie, an auntie of mine had it on video. The film? The film. TV's Big Adventure? Yeah, the film. I know it were a big TV show in yes. America. It was very... Like, again, g- g- we've discussed this before, but occasionally you do see stuff from the 80s and 90s and and they just don't translate. You've got it, America, that's yours. A bit you like can... Wizbit. Yeah. You can... You can Guys, Google Wizbit, W I Z B I T, starring a um a TV magician, yeah, yeah, called Paul Daniels. Uh, yeah, for our, our international listeners, Google Wizbit, starring yeah. Paul Daniels. He just he doesn't translate. No, it doesn't. It doesn't, it doesn't. You keep it, America. You have that. You have Pee Wee. It's fine. Yeah. But yeah, an auntie of mine had it, and it were one of those like. Oh, just put video on fuck kids and put that on and we'd all be like, What's what is this it's, nonsense? It's odd concept. Um, but yeah, he directed that and I think that gave him... I think It was a big hit for uh, one, one yeah, of yeah, yeah, so yeah. It so was I, a big hit. I don't so. think they see potential in Tim Burton and obviously with that, they can, you know, they, 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 I think that what led on to them giving him... Uh, he, wor- he worked for Disney. He did, he did a lot of uh, the, the animation for Disney, didn't yeah, he? Yeah, and I think anyone who's ever seen a Tim Burton film can fucking tell as well that he'd worked quite heavily in animation. I think before. he's solidifying his visual palette here in this film. Yeah, I, th- I think that this is... I'm and then the Danny Elfman the score gang. kind of, okay. Yeah, and they would work together very... <sighs> Successfully, Often. yeah. It get well. I've got I've got written to get down here. He scored all but three of Tim Burton's major releases. All, well, Danny all Elfman, you know, you know, you know what Danny Elfman did the uh, the score for Milk. Milk. Mm. Good yeah. film. Mm. Good film. Very good film. Yeah, I do like Danny Elfman. Uh, I like. I like. I, I. I like. I don't. I don't think I'm jumping anything. You know what Danny Elfman sounds. Yeah. You know his score. You and, know. I really like particularly the intro to this 
Very good. Very good. And I think this, do you know what that fits it fits the film. It really, really does. And I think the the only shame about that is I think there's only maybe no more than three, four sequences where the score does. Well, we'll come to we'll, yes, we'll, we'll come, come, to, come that. to that. So it's just... written by uh, a couple of gentlemen called Michael McDowell, who was mainly known at the time for he's not really done anything major, Coming mainly horror, horror TV shows. Oh, we're okay. Yeah, um, and a guy called Warren Scarron, and he would dabbled with the script for Batman eighty nine. Mm. Well, I'm going to refer to Batman as Batman eighty nine. We'll just. You can just call it Batman. They know who we're talking about. Yeah. All right. Uh, cinematographer, <laughs> which. Uh, I think nothing... I know we like to talk about cinematography on the show, and me in particular. Um, I don't think there's anything flashy. I think it does its job, the cinematography in this. It's quite a colourful film. It's a very colour- colourful It's like film. Technicolor. Yeah. You know, it does show the 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 green picket fence, blue sky. Quite Middle America. Quite yeah, very intentional. And so. then obviously when you go into the, the afterlife, the underworld or whatever you want to call it, you know, you get a lot of purples and greens Purple, and yeah. and smoke and more texture. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, Everything yeah. has a texture to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that was uh, cinematography by Thomas Ackerman, who who uh, has worked on Jumanji. Yeah, fucking love Jumanji. You know what I like Jumanji. Uh, I do. Uh, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Yeah, and here's another yeah, film, Mike. This is a bit strange. A film me and Mark have, have talked about um, on more than one occasion. Rat Race. Oh, it's nothing but a smack in the face. Yeah. It's a nothing. A r- nothing but a fat rat race. Rat race. Love that film. Um, it's a race. <laughs> it's a race. <laughs> it's a race. Yeah, it's a race. <laughs> it's a crazy Anyone film. who's seen that film would get that. Yeah. Uh, uh, edited uh, by Jane Kirsten, who edited Hot Shots and Karate Kid Part 2. Uh, Editing is, right, is, okay. is serviceable. Nothing interesting there, but it just does its job. Again, like the cinematography, but... Yeah, that's fine. And again, we mentioned music by Danny Elfman, um, which it which is again quite excellent. The stuff that we hear, right? the actual yeah, when it does the get pieces time to of music, when the the pieces of music that are in it are excellent. And I would I would like to particularly call a point to the the credits, the begin the opening. Yeah, credits. it's a good it's sequence. A, that it's, an excellent, it's an excellent. It's an excellent because you know it's a good from live action to the to model. model. Yeah, it's an yeah. ex. Excellent use of visuals with the exact kind of. It sets the tone for the film. Yes, sets the tone for I the agree. film very well. I agree. Um, I can't really find any information about the, the special effects. Well, um, it's, it's, there is some practical. There's stop motion in there. There's a lot of stop. Yeah, stop there is. Yeah, with the word, there. the sandworms, the sandworm, and all the, the at the at the end sequence in the house. You know yeah, where yeah. all the the sculptures are moving about. I forget his name. I didn't. I didn't write him down. Foolishly, I didn't write the the production designer down. No, I, I didn't. Which is foolish, really, because I would say in terms of its visual style of the thing, it's the most memorable part of the film. Or the thing that people most remember. I've got stuff to film. say about. Well, we'll co- we shall we shall come to it. But I agree with you. It's it's what people remember the 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 very the the if visual. If I was to be critical, of... yeah. If I was to be a little bit critical about the production design, it's almost a bit too clean. In terms of if you look at. Um, Tim Burton, where we went in terms of visual style and production design after that. I get, I get what you mean. I really, I really see it as a criticism. But, no, I'm just um, saying. But I think, I think that's more on the the road of development. And I think you, you can, can see... see the budget as well in it. Well, they only spent jumping ahead of herself here, but um, out of a budget of fifteen million. Uh, one only one million dollars was given over to the visual effects work, and they did um, a lot with a million. Yeah, and we will come on to that. Um, but first, why don't why don't we give us the cast? Right. So who's, the cast, who's in it? What? I bought, my cast it? list is only small because there's only so many significant. Yeah, but we're not bothered about one or two scenes. You know what I mean, like. Uh, so ah, uh, is our main cast. Uh, Alec Baldwin plays Adam Maitland. It's Alec Baldwin, you know who Alec Baldwin is. He's in one of my favourite films of and all that's time. That's the first thing I put down, Hunt for Red October. It's where, guys, that's one of my favourite films <laughs> of all time. I love it. It's a fucking Great stunning, film. stunning Great film. film. Do you want to watch a film favorites. about people on a submarine? Watch yes. that one. Watch that one. Um, love that film. 
Uh, Gina Davis plays his wife, Barbara Maitland, and she obviously in the fly, Thelma and Louise. Thelma and Louise, she's Thelma. She is. Oh, is she Louise? No, she's Thelma. She's Thelma. Uh, Jeff Jones uh, plays Charles Dietz, who... Uh, He's in a lot of films in the he 80s, wasn't he? He is in a hell of a lot of films. You do you, you, you recognise his face. Mm. He was in Hunt for Red October. He was in Hunt for Red October, <laughs> not was, terribly big He was part, also though. in... Sli- These are just select filmographies, guys. He was also in Sleepy Hollow and Howard the Duck. Mm. So he's, you know... And he's, Howard he's, the Duck. And Howard uh, the Duck. Got, I yeah. thought I'd put that, because lo- it's interesting. I, I really like Sleepy Hollow. I know I've said yeah. I say nearly every time we mention Tim Burton, but I do like it. I'm sorry. Uh, Catherine O'Hara uh, plays his wife Delia Dietz. She obviously she's more well known Talk for the Home Alone, being the mummy in Home Alone one and two. Uh, internationally, I think we'd all know her from Home Alone. Yeah. But more recently, in a very successful TV show called Shit's Creek. Is um, she in that? Yeah, she's, she's a good comedy She's mostly in comedies. Is um, Catherine O'Hara. Yeah. Um, she's she also does a lot of voice work. Does Catherine O'Hara? She works she a does, lot with um, like the Spinal Tap guys, which yeah. is which Jeff Jones yeah. has done as well. Um, she met her husband on this film, who was the the a, aforementioned uh, production designer, who oh. we have forgotten to write down. So who was the production disca- uh, designer? Uh, designer. It was Catherine O'Hara's husband. Like, <laughs> what that base? Covered We've ticked the box. Tick tip. Tick, whatever, tick. He, whatever his name is. That's yeah, her husband. That's her husband. Uh, Winona Ryder plays Lydia Dietz. Um, I didn't look at her filmography before this, but is this her first film? No. Heather's was. Was it? Heather's, yeah. Um, she was obviously in uh, Bram Stoker's yeah. Dracula. Yeah, she was. Yeah. An Alien Resurrection. Mm, yeah, good for her. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, and Stranger Things. And she is in Stranger She's having a resurgence. I, th- I think younger people, much like Catherine O'Hara, like, has yeah, probably yeah, yeah. got a resurgence for younger audience for Stranger Things, yeah. like she, like yeah. Catherine's got for Shit's Hey, Will, Will's mum. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so, right, here's one. I know, I thought it was, I, I needed to mention this lady in the cast. Sylvia Sidney plays Juno. Yeah, yeah they, they who's the woman who's sick. like she doesn't run the afterlife, but she's like a she's, she's like a guy that you go servant. to. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah, love that character in this film. Love that character. Oh. We, we will come to. Uh, and then obviously here we go. We go uh, the big boy Michael Keaton. Michael Keaton who plays Beetlejuice, uh, and obviously he's Batman in Batman and Batman Returns. And like I've said to mm. you, he's he's in very good in a film called The Founder. Which yeah, is about McDonald's. Watched, yeah, I've it's never watched it. It's fucking really good. I know, you mentioned it. You've mentioned it at least three or four times to me, and I've gone, all right. It's, what, it's very. It, it's definitely worth a watch. I, mm. I, like, I recommend that film to a lot of people who haven't mm. seen it. I go, no, good film. Mm. Good film. And obviously, he has a bit, been a. You know, he's, he's been Batman yeah. again. He is, but he has been Batman again. So, moving on to the plot. Yeah. So there's our main cast. That's it. That's the cast. Yeah. Everyone else is just popping in now. Yeah. Uh, So the plot revolves around a recently deceased couple who, as ghosts haunting their former home, contact Beetlejuice, an obnoxious and devious Mm bioexorcist from the netherworld to scare the home's new inhabitants away. So they die. The the Dietzes move in with their daughter. And the, uh, the the Maitlands want to scare them away, um, but they don't they don't really know how to. They try and ask. They try the, to learn to be ghosts. Yeah, they try and ask the authorities of the afterlife, which I'm Do gonna, you know? I've got I've got all many things to say about that whole sequence. Um, that don't work. So the gold for a bit of a rogue guy who says he's a bio exorcist and he can, can help. He can assist them. Yeah, and what they mean is they scare them away. Yeah, basically, and but he's. It's naughty. You shouldn't be dealing with Beetlejuice. He's got his own agenda. He has got his own agenda. Um, and thus, shenanigans. Shenanigans. Shenaniganery. That's our... Shenaniganery. Like yeah, that, it yeah. is absolute shenaniganery that ensues. Um, so, yeah. Uh, so, that's the basic plot of the film. Shall I give him some fun facts to have fun with? Shall Let's. we? Shall we have fun? Um, Burton's original choice to play... Uh, Beetlejuice was actually Sammy Javis Jr. Yeah. Interesting, interesting, but also wildly it's out of there. Stupid idea, Stupid, man. stupid idea. Um, and, uh, yeah, Warner Brothers said no. 
Warner Brothers said they don't have very many good ideas in them these days yeah. but that was but, but at that point there was like no absolutely not um, and Michael Keaton was uh, suggested to Tim Burton by David Geffen basically he said well the thing is said, as well even when he, he said what about Michael Keaton right. and Tim Burton knew nothing about Michael Keaton no because Keaton. the film they did were no one know, no one mm. remembers him no. before this mm. and even when they suggested even Batman they were like whoa yeah yeah Mr Mom but I think I think this film made it made the two of them yes. stars yes like oh I like you You're Batman, right. Batman wouldn't have happened without this film agreed having being a financial and commercial success. Yes. And because, interestingly, not a terribly big critical success. Doesn't surprise at the me. Time. Well, we'll get, maybe we'll get to that. Yes, we will. Um, I'd get 50 50. It was genuinely 50 50 at the time. I think it was more of an audience caught on than the critics caught on. Yeah, I think I think so. I think, uh, I think audiences really enjoyed that, which realistically is the thing that counts. True. You know well, I mean? they're the ones that put in the fucking dollar signs, up, aren't they? Well, exactly. The they're original title seven... was scared sheetless. Well, that that's a, an interesting story. Um, the one you get it, guys. Scared sheetless. sheetless. Right. the The original title was Beetlejuice. But the production spelled Beetlejuice. Spelt Beetlejuice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it is in the film. Like it is in the film. Um. The original title was Beetle Beetlegeist. Um but Warner Brothers didn't like or David Geffen's company, I can't remember which, didn't like it. Um so they tried to change it to House Ghosts. Right? Which Ooh. was shit title. Shit title. That's more like an impression. Right. So title. Tim Burton Tim. jokingly said, Why don't we call it Scared Sheetless? And get and David Geffen were genuinely like, oh, that's a brilliant idea, let's do that. Clever that. And appa- apparently, Tim Burton was horrified like, by that I'm notion. I'm taking piss. I'm taking piss. piss. And in the end, they compromised to Beetlejuice, but with juice spelt like juice, as in like. And nowhere in the juice. film is it spelt like nowhere juice. Nowhere in the film is, is it spelt like that. I, ca- I can't for the life of me think why, but that's. They did what they did. Do you know what Beetlejuice is, though? Beetlejuice? Yeah. Yeah, it's a. It, uh, no. A constellation. Oh, yeah, of course it is, yeah. Beetlejuice. It's a constellation. Yeah. That's where they got the name from. Yeah. Somewhere in the direction of Beetlejuice. Up that to way. Quote, yeah, to quote Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Um, Plus, they but, have little things in your ear where it translates. That's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so long and thanks for all the fish. Uh, right, several actresses were... Uh, auditioned uh, for um, Delia. Uh, yeah, no, Barbara. 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 Jean Davis's part, um, including Sarah Jessica Parker. Uh, okay, okay. Sarah Jessica. I mean, she's only done what? That's around Flight of the Navigator, Rero. Yeah, I guess so. So she's only she would have been. She is only young, but then again, Gina Davis is quite young, really. Oh, in this. Oh, yeah, 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 they, yeah. Yeah, she's not yeah. now, but neither is Sarah Jessica Parker. No, then. I mean at the time. Because <laughs> she's, um, she's, so she's in Flight of the Navigator. Yeah. Um, Brooke Shields. Oh. Mm. Can't act. I can't, can't, can't act. act. But I, I did think to myself when I read that, this is probably about the only film where I could see Brooke Shields being able to do it. Do you know what I mean? There's not Apart, much to go there's on. Not there's not much, much meat on that. Right. Um, uh, Diane Lane. Molly Ringwald auditioned for it. Uh, She'd have been a bit she, young, wouldn't she? She a... would have been a bit young. No. Okay, I can see that. Mate, she played teenagers all the way through the fucking 80s. Yeah, but she was 37 at the time. <laughs> John Hughes, um, and John Jennifer Co- Jennifer Connolly. Right. Oh, Jennifer Connolly. Oh, I wonder how old she would have been at the time then. Not very, very old. Yeah, all of them very young. Very I feel young. like I feel like the actress who got it is exactly the right age. I Gina agree. Davis. Yeah. Like, yeah, it was she was young Look, late twenties, early thirties. Whereas some of these will have been Sarah Jessica Parker and Brooke Shields after it had been twenty-one if they were a day. Yeah, at the I would time. say so. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I would say. Can't be, can't have been a day old. Brooke Shields must have still been Sprig a teenager. Of a girl, Sprig of a girl. 
of those. Anyway, yeah, I just thought that were interesting. Originally cast as Delia Dietz was Angelica Houston. True story. Angelica Houston, but she was poorly. She was poorly. She got thicked. Oh. She got sickered. Now I think that's interesting because I'm a big fan of both these women. I'm. I am a big fan of. But I think they've got the casting right. But I was at what I was going to say a comedy is. I'm, I am very glad that it ended up being Catherine O'Hara. Yeah. As much as I've oodles of respect for Angelica Houston. 100%. I think I think she's a fabulous actress. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Angelica Houston and also another actress will be in stuff. Yeah. Do you not know I mean you know how I've got a soft spot for actresses who'll be in stuff because yeah, 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 they yeah. like it. Um but yeah, strange strange choice, but I think Angelica Houston could have done it. She's been in comedic roles before where she's excelled. Adam's family was Adam's family. Do you not know I mean I think Adam's family. That's what I immediately I thought. Like she's brilliant as Martisha. She's Brilliant. But I know that character isn't a gothic. No, I mean? but she's she'd have brought yuppie. a different. Yeah, but she'd have brought something different to it. She could have done I've it. Got, yeah, she could have done it. Um, anyway, that's enough about um, the cast. Except to say, a lot of them needed to convince. They weren't sure about the script, but this script went through. Um, work, work was done. This is work. I, I'm not surprised because um, the original script was much darker. Much, much darker. Uh, the Maitland's death was graphically okay. in the thing. You see, you see them drowned. Like the last, the okay. last shot of the thing in the screenplay was supposed to be, um, Gina, literally Gina Davis's part. Like the, it's sort of li written like, and death takes her. Like, like the light goes out. Of that shot of, I'm dead. Like I'm, I'm dead. I'm dead. Um. Which is a totally different tone. Yes. For, totally different tone. Beetlejuice uh, is a much darker, more malevolent figure in the original thing. He's, he's genuinely out to kill the Dietzes in the original thing. Like, kill them, kill them dead. I mean, he does hint at... When he no, does... he, he hints at danger, but he never once... He dropped... Clearly, his aim in the final cut of the film is to scare them away. Yes. It's not we're not kill killing them. them. We're just we're not killing them. them and scaring them away. Get, in the original script, he, he's out to kill them. That snake scene, the snake, he's yeah, out yeah, to yeah. eat them. In the original, uh, not cut of the film, in the original script, because it was rewritten twice. The original uh, one was written by Michael McDowell, yeah. which it was pitched to. Who did the pitch? And then Larry Wilson. Rewrote it. We've got credits. Yeah, and then the final guy, beginning with S, I forgot, I haven't written his name down. His, his surname begins with S. Oh, Warren Scarron. Yeah, and he was the one who finally made the film that we've got. Yeah, we've yeah, yeah. got We've got on screen before us. Um, so it was originally pissed by. Pissed. <laughs> It was originally pitched to Universal by Michael McDowell. Um, and Universal... Oh, shopping scripts around. Yeah. Okay. Um, and Larry Wilson, who was all, who was one of the writers, but is, was also one of the producers, um, basically, uh, he saw some potential in it and came to Universal. And Universal said... Um, this piece of weirdness is this what you're going to go out of the out into the world with? You're developing into a very good executive, and you've got great taste in material. Why are you going to squander all of that on this piece of shit? So uh, I'm going quote. Uh, so uh, well, that's what Larry Wilson says. They said we'll just take that as well. We'll just take. All right then. <laughs> um, so and he said um, hard cold rumor. Yeah. He says that goes to show that goes to show what um, that you do need to get the right studio. Do you need to? Do you not know I mean? Because clearly, or maybe Universal. Well, maybe the screenplay, but we'll, we'll never. <laughs> we'll never. never know. Yeah, we'll never know. Um, we got what we got. Yeah. Eventually, Larry Wilson took it to David Geffen. And David Geffen saw some potential. And he went, "I want to start making movies now." Yeah. And he was like, "Go on then." He took it to the Let's. Geffen company. Um, so yeah, like I say, its budget was fifteen million, but only a uh, one million given over to yeah. the visual effects, and they do a lot then. They do with the uh, with that 
amount of money. What an Oscar! Won, like, it won a big, it won an Oscar for best um, makeup. best makeup, and I can hundred percent see that for the makeup in this thing. A hundred percent see why. Yeah, because there's a lot of practical stuff that you just don't get anymore. Well, yeah, I know, but even just the actual makeup. Do you know what I mean? I've got, like, he's very, it's very good. It's very cartoony. Yes. Intentionally so. Very much so. Very much intentionally so. So, um, yeah, I do think I do think it's an interesting film how how many rewrites it went. They went through three writers. All three of you have been credited, by the way. In the yeah, in the they, do, they do. Um, yeah. They don't just credit the final guy. Um, and so, how different it started off to what we ended up with. Because I think it started off with as a comedic horror, and now it's just a comedy, really. Do you not know I mean? It is, yeah. There's Which no I'm fine with. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. I'm fine with things just being what they are. Yeah. I don't um, think the tone is the problem with the film. The tone is not the problem. It's not. Thing. So, yeah. Um, so, there's it. there it is, guys. Some Interesting. To add. Did you have out else to add? No, mate. No, I'm happy with that. There. Yeah, no, I'm happy yeah. with that. So come on then, let's let's get into our analysis. Right, okay. So let me just start off the bat. Alec Baldwin, Gina Davis, very handsome people. Very aren't they beautiful? Aren't yes. they pretty? But I think that's intentional because they're very. Yeah, they're supposed to be. They're supposed to be. I, I think their characters are, uh, uh, like you say, in the mid twenties to early thirties couple that are in love. Obviously, it hints that they can't have kids. It does hint at that. A little, just one right, hint. Just one hint right at the beginning. You, that you where see the look in her face when it, it... She says, this house is for a family. It's and too she's, big for you it, too. It's too big for you too. It's for a family. And she's like, and she's like, oh, Barbara, I'm sorry. The the woman who comes yeah, around. Yeah, yeah. Clearly real estate agent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Um, very good looking couple. Very good looking couple. But what about, what about their performance... Well, Alec Baldwin hates this film. Right. What I've got to say about this part, Alec Baldwin's part, is by far the most boring part in the film. I know, but... He's not got, he's not got a lot to work I know. with. He, it's I'm not blaming gruel. the guy. I'm not it's, blaming it's the guy. It's thin gruel. I think out of the two, the stronger of the two is Gina Davis, but she's got more to work with than him. Yeah. Out of the yeah, two, yeah, yeah, yeah. Out, out of the two, the one that you're supposed to be watching, she's, and also let's not forget, it's her character that makes any decision. He he makes no decisions no. in yeah. the thing. He does literally what his missus tell him tells him to do. Yeah, he's like, oh, that's we'll do that then. We'll do that then. We'll do that. She tells him to do everything in the film, basically. So. Okay, it is one of my cri- mild criticisms of the film. They. They do nothing with that part. With no, Alec Baldwin's no. part. Nothing at Apparently all. Apparently, he hates his performance. He gives it, but again, you know, I what? don't hate his performance. No, I don't. I, I don't... think he's been very harsh on himself. He is. He's been very harsh. He's, on he's working with what like, he's got. Yeah, he's, don't... he's been dealt the cards, and, and that, yeah, you know, and you shot, you shot, you shot, you shot. Oh, <laughs> the deets, the deets. Awful characters. I really like it, but but I think they've they've they've. they've the casting on it is very good. They've, They've gone for comedy it. actors, and it They've needs that. They've captured it. Um, my, f- I've got, I've got, I haven't written it down. You know how to play the silliness of it. My, fa- um, my favorite character in this in this whole film, um, is uh, Delia Dietz, Catherine O'Hara. Is it? I really like her. I really mine's, like mine's, her. Mine's um, Sylvia Sidney. Do you know? Oh yeah, I can tell. I can definitely ah. see it's one of the two, but. Okay, I'm, all right, out of the main cast that are in pretty much all of the film. Yeah. It's it's Catherine O'Hara. She's very good at playing that. She's uh, she, Some of her eye movements... A bit of a crazy mental, lady. Mental. Yeah. She was like, if you don't let me remodel this house, yeah. I will go crazy! And yeah. she'd be good. She, she's crazy eyes. She is she's got crazy, crazy eyes. eyes. She has crazy I, eyes. I do really like Catherine O'Hara in this film. She's very good. Yeah, she's, she's a very good comedy actress. Um And... I have time for an actress like that. She she knows her lane and she she's quite happy to be in it. Hundred percent, and she does it well. The only dramatic role I've ever seen her in is sort of in a in a in the um, Home Alone, yes. where she's a, 
that's a straight dramatic part for her. Kevin. Ke- do you know what I mean? Again. When she plays the worst mother in the world. Twice. Um, twice. She leaves your kid twice. Catherine. How do you get on, the... how do you get on a plane going to New York? Exactly. How do you go without your your kids? Don't get it. Because they're not all uh, anyway, we're Come talking on, about a different yeah. film. Right, um, so for me, this feels it's very much that uh, I've got a couple of notes here I've said feels like a live action animated film. Yeah, and I think that was intentional. With the, yeah, with you know, there's not a lot of, again, don't move the camera. Don't move the My, camera. Don't move the camera. Just a little, little bit. But mm. there's a lot of that's the camera there shot right and then it's by POV. It's, massive, Your POV. it's, it's, it's very much Cut to cut to cut to his POV, cut yeah. to her POV, and then cut to your master. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? It it is that I'm not wrong, um, and the colours as well, the palette. Well, uh, it it is like a it is a cartoon. It but I think I, it's intentional. It's intentionally done. It is it's supposed to be like a cartoon. Yes, um, it's. It's certainly not a. It, that's a feature, not a flaw. No, no, no. I'm just saying mm. it very much feels like it's a, a, a live action animation. Mm. I know it makes. I know yeah. that makes sense to you. I hope it makes sense to our listeners. Yeah. Beetlejuice, though. What's your thoughts on Beetlejuice as a character? And Michael it, Keaton's performance. He's excellent in it. Excellent. He's excellent. Um, I do have one small criticism. Go on. Difficult to understand now and again. I think he's With got the that. Well, it, it, it is sort of intentional. I understand. It's sort of intentionally. Yes. It's intentionally done. But I don't always like that because I'm like, I don't know what you said. I think it, it, that that character is, I've the, the notes that I've made is, he reminds me of a, a 1970s TV car salesman. Yeah. He's you full of shit. Get... He's sleazy and he's a prick. Yeah, you definitely get the hucksterish nature yes, of him yes, yes. with um, that TV. Yeah. That TV. Mate, that's funny. That. Did you know that's did you hear the last line says there? Because I'll even do on the dog. dog. I wrote that. That was like funner. Yeah. The another nice line that he's got is when he kicks his tree over. Nice fucking model. Never forget. I always remember seeing mm-hmm. that line always stuck in the back of me. Yeah. But Michael Keaton's performance. Excellent. He's on the end of the film for fifteen minutes. Yeah. He's totally it, yeah. yeah. He's he's the title. He is the title of the film. Title Weird. character. Only fifteen Weird. minutes of the film. And considering what came after this in terms of legacy, I Weird. I maintain there were a lot cut out of this. Oh, We've I, got to a bit. I agree, hundred percent there was a lot cut. Because I Right, as much as we have gone on about an hour and a half film, I think one of the, this film I'm gonna this is a rare write it down, guys. I think that we could have done with a bit of extra on the runtime, a little minutes. bit. Ne- an little extra scene here and there. We could have done with it. Let's just mark this moment. How rare is that for me and you to say, could have done with a bit more film yeah, in this very film. very rare. Very rare. And we have to talk about films there on an hour 40, 45, 50, yeah. even two hours to go. It didn't drag, it didn't, it didn't lag. lag. You know, Do you I mean, know what I mean? The... I, I think this film could have done with... It is missing bits. ...an extra 10 or 15 minutes. Because, because I say this... Just a few extra scenes with... Um, I think it, it doesn't explain got... why, for one, I've put... You know... Why Why is he so powerful? It doesn't explain that. Doesn't why can he explain. do what he can do? That's what I feel like was either cut or yeah. cut out of the script. Yeah. Um... Because he he appears out of, he's very out of nowhere. He's not out of nowhere. They do set him up in the begin in the beginning. It's missing little bits of. But it's just missing. It's missing a scene in between where he opens the paper and he sees that they've died, and then he's almost immediately appearing with yeah. his TV advert. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're missing a scene of lots of him set. That like deciding that yes. he's going to yeah. target this recently deceased couple. He's missing that scene, um, and I do think I do think it could have done with a solid ten minutes more. This film, ten fifteen minutes, because there's no room to breathe. No, this no, film. none at all. Literally without credits, a hundred um, an hour and twenty seven minutes. Yeah. It's literally bang 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 bang. You don't go on like, and I, and I think I mean? that is one of my. 
not criticisms, but observations. I think it, it is a criticism for me. It's one of my, it's one of my relatively few criticisms that I've got for it. The film is too short. It's well, strangely too short. It needs. You know, a I bit think more. on paper, you know, it shouldn't really work as a film because if you look at what we got versus the original script. It is not much. There's not much going on, Mark. Well, um, what what I would say in terms of screenplay, we've got a really good setup. Get interesting a, premise. Interesting, interesting premise. A solid middle. This doesn't do so, the premise justice. A, a solid middle in the terms of you know the sequence I'm talking about, and I'm going to come on to it, but put a pin in it. The sequence I'm talking about is the. Uh, basically at, at the DMV of the afterlife. Talk about it now. No, but I just want to get my point oh, on, go on so just put a pin in that. And then, but a very rushed end. A very rushed third act. Bam, 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 crazy, through, crazy. Whop through the third act, and I'm like, oh. It doesn't have any room because... Uh, we got to we started off at walking pace, yeah. and then all of a sudden we yeah, just run does, yeah. the third act. Yeah. Ambles all its way to there, correct. and then goes whoop yeah, at correct. the end, correct. And you're like, right, all right, it's finished then. Yeah. Um, so that's it. But what I would, what I do want to call into, um, focus on pin, is the sequence with um when they go to the the authorities of the of the afterlife yeah. essentially where they need to get advice of how to be a ghost i think i think that's the that's the best sequence in the film right right one so, uh, yeah go on. go on no 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 go on one i think it's visually striking all the way through um, it's just because it's the 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 um it's taking you away from what you've you already yeah. been shown yeah it's visually striking um it's where they have fun with the um, with with the world. The problem that, is, that it is only the gives piece you a of world. Bit, bit. It gives you a bite of a biscuit, Mark. It doesn't go. And I get that it's budget, and I at get the time, nineteen eighty eight, blah blah blah, and it would have been fucking a very expensive film. Yeah, but um, what's going on in that office what, down there, though? You know, in the background, you're like, what's well, going on? Well, I really like as well. Do you know? I don't know whether you notice because it's a throwaway line a bit later in the film. All the all the people who work at that office, they've committed suicide. Yeah, that's 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 your punishment for committing suicide. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. the receptionist should slash the wrists. Yeah, and him hung and himself. Go, and the guy, the guy who's handing out papers, he's hung, he's hung himself because yeah, yeah, yeah. he's just been sent round. Obviously, the guy who speaks to them at the beginning, he's thrown himself in front of a train. Yeah, I know, and. Feeling a little bet, flat. Yeah, feeling a little flat. That guy, he's clearly thrown himself in front of a train because he's been flattened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and, of course, uh, what's-her-face playing Juno. Uh, she's Sylvia clearly Sydney. slashed her throat. She's clearly cut her yeah, own yeah, throat yeah. because she takes a, a drag of yeah. the ciggy and the smoke comes yeah, out yeah, of yeah. her throat. Nice like that. Touch. Brilliant touch. She's Brilliant. a great character, isn't it? Yeah, she's a fantastic character. She is. Um She's basically the one who explains them. She's she's the only one who explains who Beetlejuice is. Yes. For for one thing. It used to be her assistant. It used to be her assistant. Um, but then it doesn't explain, like, she doesn't go into why, why he's, he's not anymore. Him. And again, no. why he's been expelled or he's outside of that system. Or is all he though? That, or... All, that, all that they say is that he doesn't work well with others. It's all that she says. Missing, Mark. It's all the there's fifteen bits minutes missing. of bits. But I do just want to call call out the 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 visual prominence of this scene. I think this is that's the sequence why this film is so well beloved. If you know what I mean. Okay, let me counteract that and say I think there's three sequences in this film that that people who when you talk about Beetlejuice, they'll probably recall maybe two of these three. Okay, so. The first sequence is with the prawns when they first scare them when they've got yeah, having a, you know they're having their friends around the first yeah. time, nearly an identical scene at the end as well where having more friends round mm. and we're scaring them. But then that's when the chaos <coughs> and mm. Beetlejuice is released and yeah, yeah. he's doing all his shit. So and then the end sequence where she's floating and it's jump on the line. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, probably. And I think when people think of this, the general public, when you ask them about Beetlejuice, they will remember two of those three. Yeah, sure. 
Well, in for me, what I always remember is that is that the the office where they go to. Great, it's great. It's a great, great scene again because I, I really like I, the guy. The guy who clearly he'd set himself on fire having a cig. Yeah. I'm trying to quit. Like, do you know what I mean? Really yeah, funny yeah. line. I howled yeah. laughing at that where he was like, "I'm trying to quit." I think I'm, it's I'm a world. It's down. a world full of it's really interesting of... visual characters. Yeah. But we only get to see a tiny fucking it's, bit of it. It's full of potential. That's the only. I agree. That's the only part of the film where they actually explore the world, particularly. Yeah. The world that we're in. Um, this film should have been a story about they come across him in that world and not. It's too much time in the house. Again, here's another one for you. But I, I do also get that they they're tied to the house. They they have to haunt that house. This is what I was. A, this is what I was going to get about. So, if they died outside of the house, they can get back in, but they can't get out. Well, they don't remember how they got back, though. Well, he say that straight away. Like, they, they, like, I don't remember did, walking back here. Yeah, I don't remember getting back here. When they come in where? So, they clearly the just immediately, their soul immediately gets transported there. Okay, so that's what I took from it. Yeah, but I don't get, like, what is the, the sandworm thing, then? What? That's, cle- that's clearly the... The netherworld thing of like you can never, you can never leave. Right. Do you know what we're I mean? Gonna, no, it's not... Right. We're gonna we're gonna have to divulge into a little bit of theology now. Right. Um, <clears throat> and all snakes a, represent. Yeah, and it's it's a purgatory thing because like the Dante. lady the no that's the inferno that's hell but um. The girl in the office. Purgatory is essentially the place where you've you've not been good enough to go straight to heaven. Yeah, you yeah, have yeah. to redeem yourself by going right. And what it is because the girl in the office, her who cut her wrist, even said, "You need to spend a hundred and twenty years haunting that house before you even get to yeah 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 she does two yeah, meetings yeah, Juno with Juno. That. It's purgatory, and you're not allowed to leave purgatory until you've done your." It's 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 celestial prison. You have to serve your sentence for it. And basically, this the snake is a bit like sort of the guardian of the underworld. You can't leave your particular purgatorial prison. Yeah, no, that's, uh, yeah, that's that's but, what it is. It's purgatory. Again, the whole it, I, of the afterlife the, is purgatory. Yeah, the point I'm making is it doesn't explain. No, and uh, I think I, this I think... film would would benefit from just little explanation or little. We get, could do with a couple of expedition dumps, couldn't yes, we? Really, we do. But and maybe Juno. A lot, of, a lot of films like that were, at that time weren't heavy on the exposition, yeah. though. They were just a bit like, nah, we don't need to have it explained. But like you how much, how much, how much of Ghostbusters is explained to you as to why and where and where they've come from? Listen, I'm not criticizing them sacrilege. because Ghostbusters is a better film. Calm down. I'm not. Not comparing, but I'm just simply saying they just sort of the ghosts are just there because they're there, and that's very much what this film is. It's like that because that's just how it is. And yeah, a lot, a lot of films in the yeah, 80s yeah, yeah, used yeah, yeah, to yeah. just do yeah. that. We've not spoke about uh, Winona Ryder. Oh, I right, come on then, we'll speak about uh, Winona Ryder. I mean, she's quite good in it. She's fine. She's fine. She's the she's typical goth type. Yeah, but. She's the goth type before the goth type were a type. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Very Tim burton as a character. Oh, you can tell why he cast her in, in yeah. other things. Yeah, it, yeah, yeah. Um, you know what I mean? Um, she, play, she plays that particular kind of character very well. And Tim Burton loves that. He loves it. He loves a, a dowdy gothy girl. He let's does. be honest. He's he mad on one. Mad on a goth girl. One of his tropes. <laughs> Literally, <laughs> it is. It is. It is. It is. Um, but listen, what it does give us is uh, music by our friend Harry. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Harry Belafonte. Yeah. Twice. Twice. Two, two songs. Two hits. Yeah, Jump in the Line and um, the... Very good. I'll take that. Yeah. Oh, yeah, very good. One of the highlights. Two of the highlights. Yeah. And Deo. Dale. Yeah, that's the first um, one. Yeah, that's the first one when they they make them make them dance uh, around the table. Yeah. Um, when they first once realize, a, wow, it, once they, again, we have got once ghosts. again, 
Catherine O'Hara very good in that. You can see it get um her facial acting very good in that. Yes. Because comedic actress. Exactly. Again, Why? again the, we've got we that role very good casting to get a comedy actress who's capable. Yeah. Yeah. Of giving it the beans. Yeah, she does give it the beans. She does. She's to get, she tries all the way through. And I have to say her playing him playing um as uh Oh, a fucking mate. Uh, fella. No, but... Oh, he's good as well. I weren't going to say, but but the, the guy playing her husband... Oh, um, uh, Jeff uh, Charles Jones. Did get, yeah, he's, Charles. he's really good, isn't it? Yeah, and, yeah, both really good. In these comedic scenes yeah, as well. Good. Both really good. But the guy playing her... Um, uh, uh, Glenn Shad- Shaddix. Otzi. Playing Otho. Yeah, Otho, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's, he's very good, in it? You could... You very can tell the type, very 80s character, but you can tell the type. You know the type. Yeah. As soon as you meet him, it's like, oh, I'm, yeah, I'm very into art and yeah, my culture, yeah, 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 and, yeah, yeah, and yeah. I absolutely love all of this. And I'm a cunt. Cunt. <laughs> Absolute cunt. But plays it, plays it really well. Yeah. He plays it dead straight, like, in terms of... Not straight as in, like, serious, but, like, he's in the character... Very much. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So, I mean, saying all this, though, yeah, this film has a fucking legacy. It does have a Let's legacy. Let's kick off by saying, at the time of recording this, Beetlejuice 2 is a thing. Yes, and will happen at it's some point. It's coming out in September 2024. Yes. I feel like it'll get pushed back. I don't know why. Oh, are there? Yes, a chunk of the original oh, the cast. Um I know they've got Michael Keaton. Obviously. Yeah, I've got Michael. No one else could play that part. No. But hopefully they've got Catherine. I mean, people who listen to this podcast will probably know that. Beetlejuice, they've been trying to make a sequel literally since the first one. Since the first one, yeah. Um, The big idea that (laughs) Beetlejuice... Can I poo-poo it a little bit? Can I poo-poo it a little bit? I don't think we need a sequel. We we'll want a sequel. We that don't. The sequel will be any good. And I'm not. I'm not. I'm not saying that because this film is in any way bad. It wasn't bad. It made fucking three times its budget. It made its money. Four. Um, four times its budget. Beg your pardon. Um, but I don't understand what you can do with it. Like you've told your story. What are you gonna do with? Yeah. What are you gonna do with Beetlejuice? I've got a suspicious now? feeling. That- Excuse me, that Beetlejuice two will be like the Force Awakens is to the Star Wars thing. It'll be the same film. Same thing. It'll be same, same thing, man. I can. T- I'm, I guarantee it's going to be the same it's, thing. It, it'll be the same thing, but it'll be shorn of any uniqueness that it had, and so therefore, with Agreed. all the, with all the, shall we say, difficulties that there are with this particular plot which we've outlined throughout you can't this. right Beetlejuice and Michael Keaton that performance is he's is underused in this film he's under like I say he's only in the film for 15 minutes less than a quarter of the film do you know what I mean less than a quarter of the film Mark, the film is not about him it's about Gene, it's about Gene Davis and Alec Baldwin yeah. it's not about him but um, I think they built most of the film around him as an interesting character yeah um, and they do. He do. He is constantly brought up. He's a presence in the yes. whole film. Um, but I'm still not even sure what else they could do with him. I, like I, 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 don't understand what it's for. And, Who and, is it for? I think half of it. I think. Oh, not even more than that, mate. I think the fact is, Tim Burton is seen his artistic prowess. It's been and gone now. Been and gone. It's been and gone been now. And gone. Um, like. You're not, you're not, you're not a director no, that will not. come and constantly be making films. It's not so. It's not Scorsese. It's not going to constantly just. Well, be... if you, once he gets made for the last nearly for twenty for the last twenty plus years, he's been the Disney bitch. Yeah, that's good. That's a good point. And well, it's sort of his career full circle, isn't it? He's yeah. back to where he started. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, Tim yeah. Burton. Yeah, um, that's a whole other conversation. Yeah, it's a whole different. Uh, uh, Spawned an animated series, mate. That ran for strange. four seasons. It was a hit. That um, and we we both mentioned we you know yeah, I've seen I, I it. Think I think remember it. I think I watched it more as like reruns of yes. it. But well, it came the the first season was nineteen eighty nine. Yeah, so early nineties. So yeah, when yeah. he was a baby. 
Yeah, but I I did see it. Video games. Video games. Quite a number of video games. Yeah, and a stage fucking musical, Mark. Yeah, a very hit and miss stage musical. Apparently, was it? Apparently, yeah. Uh, very mixed bag in terms of reviews for it. But again, made its money, and well, it, this is but a, I'm, I'm, it finished its run in twenty twenty before the coronavirus yeah, pandemic, yeah, 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 and yeah. it's never gone back on. Yeah, yeah. Now, um, but then again, that's a decent run for a uh, musical. I'm very surprised that this spawned such a legacy on the back of this film. Okay, go on. I mean, I don't, I, I don't get. There is a couple of scenes in it where I've like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah I like that. But revisiting it for the show, um, I'm not impressed. Really, the way I'm you not found impressed. To I'm, me. No, I, I find it very much. The things that come to mind were: it's not too high, it's not too low, it's kind of average. Okay. I think Tim Burton was still pretty much an average filmmaker at the time, and that shows. There's there's no flashy direction. There's no Dutch angles. There's no whips. There's, there's no. Do you know what I mean? There I think certainly it, isn't in terms of the cinematography. Like but I do you've think said it's before, a very. It's cut from one cut to yes, other and yes, cut yes, to yes, master. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's, yeah. It is that. I'll, yeah. I'll give you that. Um, you know, and I think it's a, for me. You know. Uh, it's all right, but I'm just going to go in straight away. I'd give this film a seven because I think Sylvia Sidney, Jr., you know, great little character, mm. and Michael Keaton's performance mm-hmm. is head and shoulders. He's, he's, he's almost like I'm on another plane here in terms of how I'm yeah, going to yeah. present this character. Again, he, the, you can tell if the original version was quite dark, mm. he's gone the opposite where he's just going to be this full of shit prick with all the quips. Mm. Um, I think it's missing a lot of things like we've said Um, like I say it's a very average film and I'm going to give it an average score I won't be in any rush to revisit it but I do praise parts of it I do praise parts of it yeah I won't necessarily pick apart any of the actors or anything like that because I think Mm. you're playing the part that they've been given right um, so yeah, I, I think I'm going to give it a seven. I'm going to give an average film an average score. For yeah. me, well, I don't think seven's average. I wouldn't have said seven. I know, but it's average. not. It's five it's and a, six are right. a bit. Well, all right. I think I think I think seven's probably your average skewing pretty good. All right. Do you know what I mean? Um, I think it'd be harsh to give it a six because of yeah six it, because uh, of the I'd, performances of Sylvia. I'd have argued with you if you'd get, yeah no if you'd I'm not going to be a twat. But um, go on. I I'm gonna meet you at a seven. I I also oh, am gonna give it a seven. I think I think I think I think, I think eight is too high praise. Yeah. With nostalgia goggling things. Yeah. Right. Um. Because uh, he did get. I I really liked this film when I were a kid, and he did skew younger. Uh, a little bit. It's the audience that it found ended up being a lot younger than I think Warner Brothers intended. Again, what it is its be. audience? I think I think Warner Brothers intended sort of young adults, but yes. actually it yes. ended up skewing a lot younger to that. Yeah, they I ended agree. up with like McDonald's tie-ins with like Wait, toys and shit. like so it ended up skewing younger anyway. So I remember really enjoying this, and I remember thinking this is what you get like funny as fuck film. I don't think that now. I think it's tittery. Yes. I think it's tittery. Yes. All the way through. Um, I, no re- I do really imp- appreciate the visual style of the film. I, in the t- like I say, it's you beginning to see the, yeah. the stylistic choices of him as a director. Yeah. Um, but I don't think it's like full, full on. Not well, I'm not... a Tim Burton film. Yeah, you yeah, know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, that it's, was the, it's that was that's later down the line. Um, and also, I I absolutely agree about the performances. The standouts to me are um, Sylvia Sidney as Juno, said, yeah. Michael Keaton as um, uh, Beetlejuice, and for me, Catherine O'Hara yeah, yeah, as... Um, good, yeah. um, uh, but Dilly no one's bad Dilly. in it. No one's well, absolutely no one's bad in it. Even even Alec Baldwin who's not not great in it. I suppose yeah. it's just because he he's playing that character. That character. Um, so I I do really enjoy it. I appreciate it. But I think now as an adult, I think you're right. It doesn't, it doesn't quite grab you in th- in terms of, like, 
a lot of the other films like like when we watched the goonies i hadn't have i hadn't watched it in a long time and i watched it and i still really enjoyed it yeah now, yeah 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 yeah, 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 yeah this is I what i can't say this the sa- I, I can't really say the same thing about it i appreciate it it's always going to be there and i will watch it again sometime in my life i'm quite sure but in mean, no do, rush but yeah i'm in no rush so i'll meet you at a seven All right, mate. there i think I, I think it's fair six would be harsh Eight would be high praise. It's a seven. It's a seven of a it's film. It's a seven of a film. And to get, yeah, it, there's nothing of substance. It might well be for for many people. It might well be their particular chocolate biscuit of a film. Yes. That they just like it. Fair play. Yeah, and I quite like it, but I'm not mad for it. <laughs> uh, so yeah, guys, that's been uh, us, and this has been Beetlejuice. Yeah. Uh, thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed the show. Yeah. Uh, so do get in touch guys on the socials you know send us an email uh, thevaultofcult at gmail.com we're on Instagram uh, at thevaultofcult you know leave us a little review like share on any of the platforms that you listen to us on um, and we hope to see you on the next one so it's a goodbye from me and me in a bit skip. <laughs>